from the coziest of sound booths in downtown Chicago. It's the American Soccer Show here with Emmett McConnell. I'm Eric Alcantara, and we're here to talk all things soccer in America. Back on Wednesday to talk about all the action and what was a packed week in MLS and abroad. We also have another podcast. We're splitting them in two from now on, talking about all things Europe, including the Europa League final, which actually just ended in that one. Uh, the Europa League final hadn't happened yet. So we can give some thoughts at the end of this one on that. We also talked about the upcoming FA Cup final with noted Manchester United fan Juan Soto and also got into a very, very deep discussion on Real Madrid's squad heading into the Champions League final. Not the first time it's happened on this show. Yeah, so we'll have to find a Liverpool fan to balance it out next week, uh, assuming there is a show next week. <laughs> assuming we don't get canceled ahead of time. But let's not waste any time this week. we got a lot to get to. And getting my favorite part, MLS. I, I'm tired of talking about Europe. <laughs> MLS is where it's at. Where the real stakes are. So we'll start off. We had a double fixture week for a lot of teams, so we'll go back to last Wednesday. The Columbus crew defeated the Philadelphia Union 1-0. Uh, the Union are bad. Uh, the clue are slightly better depending on the day of the week. Zardis won it with a tap-in. That, it was a heinous goal. The ball went across the goal on the goal line, took a deflection on Jack Elliott, looped over uh, Andre Blake, who had no chance, and he was literally on the goal line when he put it in. I mean, Beautiful, my kind of range. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but the Union are generally bad on the road. <laughs> so we're going to focus on this game specifically. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves in the crew, but they're in a good position now. They better found some form after struggling a little bit uh, a few weeks prior. Um, despite the fact that the, you know, we talk about teams being dominant at home, it's tough to say the crew's home stadium is that much of a... Yeah, and it's still sparsely populated. I feel so bad. The fan section, the, the supporters section, though, yeah. is always pretty... But that's not what you see on TV is the problem. You only see, for the camera side, you, you see... It you you see that yeah, that's it. That's It's rough. But yeah, I mean... I, let's not dwell on those guys. They they do what they can. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm genuinely hoping that they get to get some kind of resolution on that in the coming months. Uh, Atlanta United, they suffered their first home loss of the season to Sporting Kansas City, who went in there and really just dominated the game. And it really, there was a goal disallowed for, was it Martinez? Yep. It was Martinez gets a goal disallowed, and then Sporting Kansas City ends up uh, being a man up, thanks to Brad Guzan coming off his line wildly. I I don't know. I, I The more I look at it, the more I'm like, did he really need to do that? Like, it, it seems like it was a very reckless challenge no, on his part. No, but once you commit, you commit. Right, That's yeah. That's the life of a goalkeeper. You might know, like, two seconds into it, yep, I'm not going to get this. Hopefully he messes <laughs> it up. Uh, well, he messed it up all right. However, like, you know the whole saying, like, ball or man? Yeah, I think. I think he could have done without ball. going for the man here, especially that early in the game. A lot of times... If well, you, that only really... That technically only applies, you know, in, like, regular situations. You, you, if like if it's a red card situation, you do need to be... There's more to it than just that. Listen, if it's the 90th minute... Yeah, then it's ball or man. We have a sub to burn, and the guy's getting a breakaway, and we're up one nothing. I might take one for the team and, and take him down if I have the opportunity. If it's out of the box, if it's in the box, what's the point? He's probably more likely to score a penalty than he is to hit one while running away right. with a goal with a defender closing him down. Right. So, didn't need to do it, but when you commit, you commit. Uh, I mean, good for Sporting Kansas City. They they took advantage of the red card, but Guzan, the more I see him, the more has been a little bit disappointing. Yeah, um, and then the poor guy, Christensen, had to go in there. I think he, they said he's like four-string goalie. He's like Atlanta United 2's goalkeeper normally, but like because of injuries to their backups, things have gone horribly awry to the point where he's there. <laughs> Heck of a situation to get thrown into, huh? 
I mean, that's your, that's your, that's your chance, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he did well, all things considered. He had some good saves. Yeah, I mean... And and, team, and Tim Milia had a game as well. Tim Milia had a great game. I mean, if he comes in and, <laughs> I mean, keeps a shutout or, you know, ends up getting Atlanta to win, you better believe that's a big boost to him. I mean, nothing against him playing man down in a situation like this, but... Yeah, uh, he took advantage of his chance, I think, for the most part. One last note about Atlanta. Uh, it was interesting because the quartet of Ezekiel Barco, Vialba, Almiron, and Martinez all started this game. Uh, so kind of what you and I talked about was, okay, what's this team's starting 11 when all four guys are ready? Well, we didn't get to see too much of it thanks to Guzan getting himself sent off, yeah. but it was a back four. It was those guys on the field. They played two defensive mids behind them. I'm not sure that's going to work. We'll have to wait and see. I think... If you consider Nagby a defensive mid. Yeah, that's that's part of it, right, is that you use Nagby as the defensive mid. But, you know, Lorenowitz, I think, can put in a shift. I think it might be time to see some Kratz off the bench. He, he looks like he does good work when he's in there. As uh, Yeah, he's... Like, I didn't have high expectations from him. Uh, so, like, the backstory of him is before Atlanta could sign him, he actually went to and signed with the union. They had some sort of weird, weird deal going on. And Kratz trained with the union, but couldn't play for some reason so he never got a chance huh. and I mean union fans Typic- were going cra- typical somebody, typical for the union to not use a guy well it was like part of the deal but I saw so many union fans being like oh we need a number 10 and like we passed up on this guy Kratz and there's like so many holes in that argument Kratz versus Hall is in a 10 he's a 6 second of all he scores two free kicks and suddenly he's the top <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to get into it anymore but he has looked pretty sharp when he's come in so it's you might have to do that if you have to if you play those four guys. You are, you know. I also think that maybe going back to the back three might be better. You use the extra center back, and then you know Garza and Gressel, who didn't play in this game either, can I think help you defensively more. I, I don't know. I, I I don't envy Tata for having to make that decision. And I mean, spoilers. They did go back to the five-man yeah. back line, then. but they also didn't start those four. So yeah, I think we're going to be seeing the three of them more likely than four. Going back to uh, exciting action on Wednesday night, it was Toronto hosting Seattle, MLS Cup rematch of the last two years, and Seattle goes to Toronto, wins the game. I mean, this is like, what's going on, Toronto? Toronto basically looked like they were getting back on track, and then they get dumped by the Sounders. It's I have to say this, it's getting hard to ignore those bad performances. Yeah, I, I mean, Seattle's always a team that starts slow and picks it up. So, good result for them. But Toronto, I mean, this whole weekend in general was a, a, a terrible showing. They, and here's the thing. Is I feel like last season they had a very strong team with very weak depth. This year they have the depth. And they've had to deal with the injuries now. Yeah, finally. four center backs getting injured is like, that's amazing. You got even Michael with, Bradley back there. Even with depth, it's hard to come over that. So we'll yeah. see happens when they're actually healthy coming up soon. Yeah. But we'll talk about them again in just a little bit. The fire Hosted the impact. They won one nothing. Happy day. The Fire not only won again, but Kevin Ellis might be the greatest goal-scoring right-back in the history of MLS. Don't quote me on that. I can't find any stats that could disprove that. Yes, so the congratulations to the Chicago Fire and Kevin Ellis. Uh, I remember we were watching that game. <laughs> Driving in a and car. And we were, the, you know, the, the ball just like the net ripples and right. Did, did, <laughs> did that just go in? Did the ball go in? The net? Yeah, no, uh, no hating on our... 
on the esteemed Dan Kelly, the voice of the fire, but it was kind of hard to tell if the goal went in or not. I'm a big fan of Dan Kelly. Don't get me wrong, but... Yeah, that, that was weird. Because it, it was a deflection. We're also sitting in a car, so, you know, you, the, the audio is not... You know, we're not looking at this. I'm not looking at the screen. I'm driving, obviously. I would never soccer watch and drive. Uh, that's, good. that's driving 101. Yeah, and then, you know, the audio is kind of, you know, cuts in and out depending on you know, the bumps in the road and all that. So, yeah, it may have been more exciting. But, yeah, good for the fire. Sneaks in. It's... The kind of I don't want to say luck, but it's the kind of uh, good fortune end game mentality, and yeah, I think it's the kind of results they want. You got to hit shots like that. You get it at the end of the game. It, they they do go in every once in a while, so it's not like you got to say, "Oh, that was just completely luck." But it's definitely a little bit of fortune. Uh, but you know, they, the fire they pulled it out, and that's I don't think it's any. Um, the, 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 I don't think it's like a you know. There's trends to it. They've been getting these results late. It's not just all luck. They're, they have there's something to back it up. LAFC finished off the night with a 2-0 win over Minnesota United. It was really not a good day at the office for Minnesota, and uh, I think it was Atuesta's best game for LAFC so far. He looked comfortable. Yeah, he got the start. He looked really good in there. You know, it's a midweek game, so he gets an opportunity to kind of show off, I think, a little more than he normally would. So, uh, yeah, good for him. Good for LA, too, to get a player like that going because I think they are going to need him in the coming weeks once the World Cup kind of takes up and the rosters reduce themselves a little bit. Yeah, I... uh... I, I'm enjoying seeing him. I think he's, especially with, uh, they're, they're finally going to have to start going to their depth up top with uh, Urania's injury. So they have some in- exciting young talent. This guy's definitely one of them. We jump to Friday. Vancouver Whitecaps and Houston Dynamo played to a 2-2 draw. The highlight in this one is Breck Shea's legendary miss where he could have swung the game in Vancouver's favor. And it was, I believe it was 1-1 at the time. So, the Vancouver ends up going down to one, and then they have to come back and tie it at the death. It's, what a miss! That, listen, brutal. But it's not <laughs> the first time we've seen this from Breck Shea this year. I like, like it, it astounds me how he's on a DP contract. He's had oh, three misses. Oh, that's brutal. Year. Here's he's the other had thing: three misses that should be sure thing goals. I haven't. Se- I've not. He goes missing for long periods of the game. He's, I don't see. The appeal, what? huh? I don't see the appeal. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I will say, like the thing, the measurement of when it's a bad miss is when you can legitimately say that if that happened in your Sunday league, you would be furious with the person who missed it. Yeah, absolutely. It, you would expect a regular Joe off the street to score that, let alone you, former U.S. Player. former U.S. international Breck Shea. Professional player, a DP player, someone who's a goal scorer for his team. Like It's not like you're throwing like a defender up there who just happens to miss. That's... That was tough, but, you know, tough on the Dynamo, too. <laughs> losing at the last second like that. Well, drawing at the last second, but, yeah, losing the lead. I mean, it, it feels like a like, gut punch, especially yeah. when you're on the road. Look they, like you're going to get doing that a lot, too, talking about trends. They've had a lot of late-game uh, upsets. Oh, man. And not only that, they had a, they've, yeah, they've had a rough go of it so far, but they, they have a lot of quality in that team, too. So to be able to go to Vancouver and get that result, is, it's not bad. It's not a bad result in the vacuum, but, of course, you look back and you'll say they'll, they'll it's two drop say, points. Yep, yeah, absolutely. But I also want to mention the jumps from Kendall Waston and Kai Kamara. My God. <laughs> yeah. That was, most, that was the most athletic thing I've seen that weekend. <laughs> Kai Kamara, I don't know who was guarding him because he was on the ground, basically. Kai Kamara, <laughs> pretty sure between him and Waston, both their heads were over the crossbar. So it was, it was, was a great jump, yeah. That was a moment I wanted to that's, point And that's, uh, that's when you know they want it, for sure. Uh, well then, back to normal scheduled programming on Saturday. Minnesota United dealt two losses in one weekend. They lose to the Earthquakes 3-1. Uh, that one at home, so not good result for them either. Uh, it's a tired narrative, I think, but it's true. 
Minnesota can't defend, and it's really killing them. I and mean, you know you can't defend when San Jose comes to town and scores three times. So I remember in the beginning of the year we are talking about uh, Calvo, talking about Minnesota not getting enough attention. These last, like, three or four results is the exact reason why they're not getting the attention because they go into LAFC, they lose 2 nothing. but you know what? That was expected. Right. If you want to get attention, that can't be expected. you got to be someone who's going to you know, fight those out and maybe pull out a result. Now you got home to a team that's potentially looked at as one of the weakest in the West and lose. I, I mean, I, sorry, man. I don't want to be bashing Minnesota. I think they have some decent pieces, but they have to figure it out. Calvo has not looked strong. They need to play better. And uh, on the plus side, Youngworth, though, on San Jose, hey, they might still be playing some youth soccer, but... Uh, Finally a win. I think it was got like a, a win. They got a win on the road. Yeah, they haven't done that in a while. So good for them. Glad San Jose gets back in the win column. The Union. The Union, they go to Montreal. They don't lose. They don't draw. They win. Wait, wait, hold on. Shocking. I, I, I missed that for a second. Can you go back? I, something doesn't make sense there. Um, the Philadelphia Union, I'll tell you even this much, won 2-0 on the road. Didn't even just, it wasn't just a scrappy 1-0 victory. No, 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 2-0. And against the mighty Montreal Impact. Yes, congrats. And they went to another country. I mean, this is just a phenomenal. Country. There were two red cards. Yeah. That was strange. Um, <laughs> the, so we finally see, get a little tired. CJ Sapon gets hurt. Corey Burke comes on. People, some of the people have been wanting to see, and he gets that goal, which is the, probably the biggest surprise is an assist from Ray Gaddis, who's like their left back, but probably less attack minded than Andre Blake in goal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there, there was the big opening on the left. He got. He, I think he found like half of the field to run at before slowing it down, playing another one too. Um, but the red cards I thought were kind of the talk of the day. Burke then. Burke, what is he doing? I, I'm just. I'm, I'm asking you straight up. What was he doing? Completely reckless. Completely needed. Unneeded. I think that it could have been a yellow. I have no qualms with it being a red. <laughs> a yellow Emmett that was something that if you did that in the street you would go to jail no no, that is that's a jail sentence come on he didn't studs up on him he didn't have to studs up on him he tried to chop his leg off the the problem was he just came out of nowhere full force and slid into him I listen I'm okay I'm okay with the red it was a a big thing if I'm the manager if I'm the manager if he does that I'm, I'm, I'm like, putting my hand and my head in my hands, and, yeah. like, I just, like, I can't even look him in the eye. Why? Like, what are you doing? I mean, so, yeah, the contact wasn't bad, but it was a red card. Yeah. Like, he could have, he maybe thought he could have gotten away with the yellow. I can see why he'd think that. Um, but it's, the, the point was it was just so unnecessary. That's, like, what I think justifies it so much. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. Uh, your friend, Daniel Lovitz, from the yeah, Philadelphia Union, one. he gets the other red card, and I... I don't know. I see it. I see it, and I see it again. I know he's technically the last man, but the ball looks like it's getting away from the attacker here. Yeah, this one confuses me. I think. And he was originally given a yellow, and VAR actually made him give him a red. Yeah. I I don't know what the, what they could have seen. So, and the thing was the, with the foul. First of all, the, the the ball goes to the keeper, right? So yeah. So the I, ju- I think debatable. I don't think Pico gets so he's a fast fast bloke, but I'm not sure he gets the ball. <laughs> And, okay, but the the thing was the foul was also wasn't that hard. So Lovitz misses the clearance, which I, which I think is the why it was a red card. It was like a shame red shame card. red card. Get, he does put miss, him out of his misery. Huh? He does swing and miss the ball, which is kind of tough in that situation. But his he doesn't really come down on Blake. His arm kind of I'm not Blake uh, on Pico. 
his arm just kind of ends up just like falling on him. And Pico feels the contact and goes down under it, which is completely reasonable, but <sighs> coming from a union fan, I don't know if the bias is I, I'm with you. or to the union. <laughs> it was like I'm with you. I, I just don't think it was a red card. If the ref calls it a foul, it's a red card. That's the problem. Right? I, I guess I guess I see your point if the there. If you, if you have to, the ball. Th- that's the thing that always bothers me about certain fouls. When a, a player will get hit like in the in the neck area or something, or like in the upper chest, and the player will embellish and act like he hit him in the straight in the face. It actually happened in the Europa League final. Gabby did this, and I, I hate when they do this. But yeah. yeah, so he gets hit kind of in the lower throat area. And it's a foul. But he grabs his face, and so the referee gives him a yellow. Could you say he makes a meal of it? He makes a meal of it, yes. But he, the ref gives him a yellow, and I'm like, okay, listen, just straight up. Be straight up with me. That means you didn't see it. You're reacting to the embellishment, but you're not giving a red, which tells me that you didn't see it because if, you, if you're calling a foul on a blow to the face, it's just a red card. Now, to be fair, that's not always the case. As Giovinco learned this weekend. No, but again, the intention. Giovinco turned around and put his hands into someone's face, right? That's one thing. If you turn and look while you're going for a header and you elbow someone in the head, it's a red card. But if you jump up and you morrow on Fellaini someone, that's how I'm going to put it this way. <laughs> his el- he's just bigger. His elbows are up where someone's head is. Very wide guy. Yeah. He's, he's at, you know, he's at a, his elbows are high up when he jumps. His elbows are on someone's head. He's not doing it on purpose, but he does make contact with the head and it's a yellow card. Do you see what I'm coming from? With I see card? your point. I, I just think that in those kinds of situations, I think the ref is, knows what they're reacting yeah. to, but they know they can't send them off because they didn't see it. But the, but so they go for the middle ground, which really shouldn't exist. But the, the, the kind of the theme here is, if it's a foul, and this is the situation presented, it has to be a red card. I'm sorry, like it sucks, but either you don't call it a foul or... <laughs> well, that right. would have been a travesty. So uh, one last thing for the impact. Uh, as rumors have come about, Europa League winner Fernando Torres is apparently coming to MLS. That's been sort of like the worst-kept secret in the world, but the fire were first in line to negotiate with him, and now it seems that the impact are favorites. There's a rumor out there that he has signed a Max Tam deal with the impact. I First of all, good for Zlatan if he did start a trend of coming over here without being DPs. That'll probably help teams a lot. Put some Sell some tickets without having to shell out big money for these DPs. I wish Rain, Wayne Rooney would learn. I guess my only thing is, is that really what Montreal needs? I know that their attack is toothless, so they do need a goal scorer. I'm just not sure Fernando Torres really is the answer. Well, you look at, they have two strikers, right? They have Matteo Mancoso, who's been hurt, and is coming, uh, working his way back, and they have Anthony Jackson Hamel. Yes. And the problem with them is, are, do either of those guys look like over 15 goal scorers to you? Not even close. Mancoso, I think a 12-goal tw- a scorer on a good season. Uh, Jackson Hamel, if he was an all-time starter, maybe the same thing. So I agree, but I, aren't there also bigger problems in that team they need to look at? That midfield is the, looks toothless. That defense is center backs awful. Tooth, toothless. Honestly, I know I like to praise Lovitz, but between him and Chris Duvall or Michael Petrasso at right back, th- that's their best positions on defense. The, they're getting the, the union went right through the, through the gap in the middle when they played them. So it, the, the issues have just been straight up the middle. Piotti's good on the wing. Uh, I think Silva's pretty decent the other wing, but so Torres good signing. I think. I think, I think if it if it's true, it's if, that if it's a Max Tam signing, I can live with it because, simply put, it's not a DP. So they could, in theory, of course, they're, I don't think they're going to do this. But in theory, they could then invest DP money somewhere in the defensive half of the field. And if they do that, I think that's that's a fair compromise. You bring in a player of Torres's caliber, and you don't have to pay him 
the money I would argue he probably would deserve because I still think he can offer something for an MLS team. I'm just not sure it's the impact that need to be getting that kind of <laughs> impact. Nailed it. But he, he, he's a hardworking player, so I think he'll, he'll work well with Piatti. Yeah. I suppose we'll see. I mean, this is all just rumor and speculation. Uh, I'm guessing now that the Europa League final has come and gone, he'll get a nice standing ovation in Atletico's final game this weekend, and then that that will get the the and discussions kind of going. Learn how to speak French. Yeah. Uh, FC Dallas played host to the LA Galaxy one three two. I have a theory that I'm going to present to you. Tinfoil or no? It's, yes, tinfoil. Put your tinfoil. Tin um, enough to cover this entire room. It's a small room, so not that much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think the DeSantis brothers have fused into one player and not told anyone. One comes back from injury and the other goes down with another. I'm, I'm just saying, it's have getting out of hand. Have you seen them? them the in, I'm, they both got called into the Mexico squad. I'm not convinced they'll both go to the World Cup because they'll find this out. I, so anyway, enough silliness aside. Back to the lazy narrative of teams that can't defend. Man, the Galaxy can't defend. It is oh, bad. It's not good. I mean... Mauro Diaz, classy player, but the fa- it's it's a it's a trend. We talked about trends a little bit earlier. This is another trend. The Galaxy losing three two, giving up three. Oh goals. yeah, this is third straight week, isn't it? Yeah, three two game. <laughs> yeah, like that's no, that's that's great. Has that ever happened? I, I hope something. Why is there not like an equivalent? Like all the other sports have this. Like has any team ever lost three two in three straight three games? Times in a row. <sighs> Where's the Elias Sports Bureau when I need them? We need an Opta subscription. I mean, you know what? We need a, like like a what would that be like a stat producer or something for the show? Yeah, Tony Reale. You know anybody? Let us know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, you know, we talked about the Galaxy. We we talk about them every week. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead. We're just gonna leave it at that. They can't defend. It looks like they can score with anybody. Their midfield's good. We'll see if that any of that changes. It, also, they're the most expensive defense in the league. I I, I really don't want to dwell on the Galaxy, but that was shocking. What's well, the, they're like? I think it was like their third or second highest paid player is um, the Skolberg. What's Come on. I, I, <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but I don't uh, he's not on the roster right now because of the because of the injury he suffered. He's gonna be out a while. But I know who you're talking about. So, so. yeah, like <laughs> absolutely uh, it's it's so surprising to look at some of the talent that they have that that's a guy. It's uh, Jorgen Jorgen Skelvik. Skelvik. So yeah. Is their most expensive, one of their most expensive. So they're paying a lot of money for this defense. And again, don't want to. Ashley Young, Ashley Cole. (laughs) Ashley, I bet they'd love to have Ashley Young now. Yeah, so uh, we've heard this one before, but I think. It's the other side of the ball that we need to be giving. Yeah, let's give let's give some love to FC Dallas. We've been I've been trying to give this to every. I think we're doing decently, trying to give every team their due. We're almost there. I think there's only in my mental head, in my mental notes. There are only two or three teams left that we haven't dedicated this kind of time to. So, and if that, and if we haven't, it's because they don't deserve it. The San Jose's of the world, <laughs> yeah, if you will. At you, Calvo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, I think it's time to give them some love. I think I soured on them personally. Their awful exit in the Champions League, it was just that was just bad. Mm-hmm. So I've been holding that against them personally. But they're third in the West, and they have teams below them that have played eleven games, while Dallas has only played nine. I, to, that's actually way more impressive than I even thought of before yeah. I looked at the table. That's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think the the biggest shout out we've given them was being the the laughing stock. 
Oh yeah, that too. Sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say the laughing stock of uh, <laughs> of the league for being eliminated by the team from Panama in the Champions League. Yeah. Okay. So that gave a little bit. Of, but I was thinking more recently, being the the last undefeated team. Right. They lost pretty badly to NYCFC. But then again, if you're ever going into Yankee Stadium, it's gonna be tough to want to play good soccer in such a terrible stadium. And they've been. I rattled with injuries. I mean, you just kind of look up and down their squad. Their best players even have haven't really been able to get full ninety minute form. Just just the, Mario Diaz finally gets in the starting eleven. Such What's he do? Player. Three assists. I tell you what. I hope you know he's still fairly young, at twenty seven years old. In the sense that uh, it may the Achilles tear is it's a very very hard injury to come back from. But at his age, I think it's entirely possible. And for his position as well. I think that you can work with him as the playmaker that doesn't have to move. I think I think Achilles are injuries you can come back from. I, I mean, didn't say you couldn't. I just said that they're hard to uh, come back from. They're uh, one of the hardest injuries to return from, actually. Um, Javier Zanetti tore his Achilles. The normal time frame is like about a year to come back from it. Yeah. He came back in six months. My mom, Charlotte Thomas, tore Achilles. She came back <laughs> around six months. Came so, back to what? Came back to playing soccer. She's a oh. star. Oh. Hey, hey. Listen, she's a star. Okay. So, I mean, my dad plays soccer too, so I get uh, I get that. So yeah, I mean, like, I I get that it might not be a thing of being the same, but he looks like he's a little bit the same. Back <laughs> to being the same. Yeah, I mean, he's and been one of the best playmakers, most underrated playmakers too, of the last five, almost five years now, three, four years. And yeah, and you know, Kellen Acosta as well, coming back from his injuries. That's a big plus. They, they you know, it, it's not. I don't. I don't think that they should be relying on him to be their main creative force. But he can create passes from the back. He's very good defensively. He's a very solid player he's when he's healthy. He can, so he can, he you need can, that. He's an all-around player. Yeah, they they have a lot of good players on this team. So you know the DPs aren't anything to write home about. So on a team like that, you need to have good all-around players. And I, honestly, there aren't too many weaknesses in this team. There's not a lot of strengths, yeah. but there's you know hey, there's something to be said about not having too many weaknesses either. Well, I mean, look, just look at who they go up against. Very lopsided team. And, and I know they've been not talking about it too much, but the LA Galaxy is a very <laughs> lopsided team. This Dallas team is very, very even across the board, which I think builds to their strength. Yeah. So uh, Aruti scores the, the, the I was very nice goal to put them up 1-0. And uh, they're up 3-2 towards the end of the game. Zlatan absolutely destroys a ball. I mean, I swear I thought the posts and the goal moved backwards. Possible. So, <laughs> Even though they're in the ground, it's possible. <laughs> it was that was crazy. So, congratulations to FC Dallas, though. It looks like giving you your due. Congratulations. And this wasn't even like a. This is a trend for them as well. They're they're grinding out results. They got the red card. So watch out for them going forward in the yeah. summer because they don't they won't lose a ton of talent to the World Cup either. Yeah, it's big. The Columbus Crew hosted the Fire. Uh, their turnaround continues with a three 0 victory. I would skip this game if we could, but because I always make Emmett talk about the Union every week, I think it's only fair that I take some flack here. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm I'm here to face the music. Well, cause... I mean, let's talk about this. The very beginning of the show, the very first thing we said is Columbus won, Union zero, Union stink. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago Fire gave up two more goals. So what do you think about that? I I had such nice things to say about Kevin Ellis on Wednesday, and now he goes and does this. You had such <laughs> nice things to say like ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure, no, his foul is shocking. I I, do, I oh I would have subbed him off. If he had done that on my that team, silly. that foul on Zardis in the penalty box is so unnecessary. From a veteran player like him, silly. Uh, I guess we can give him a little bit of leeway after his performances. Uh, did it kind of look like the fire gave up on this one? Yeah, they, they looked kind of. They looked kind of beat up. It looked like normally. What happens in these games is sometimes the fire either get the first goal and then everybody's kind of energized, or 
the, the game doesn't get out of hand, and so Velkopanovic is able to make changes to get the team re-energized and get them back in the game. What ended up happening here was there was very little time for any of that because before anybody really had a chance to blink, it was absolute domination by the crew the whole time. And, I mean, Panovic brings on uh, Bronico. <laughs> I Brand don't... Bernico. I mean, I, so I take no pride in being like, I have no idea who this guy is and no idea what he's, done, what he's doing on the field. But, but he, he brings on some completely new names... It, it did feel to me, I don't know if this is how you saw it, but it felt like they kind of decided, okay, we might not get this one. We've had a couple games in succession now. Let's take this one easy. Yeah. I honestly, I think it was. And another thing, too, is here's the other thing, too. In a game like that, Velko Panovic looks over to his bench and he says, you know what? Why am I going to bring on... You know, I mean, his bench was fairly limited. Alan Gordon for yeah, what? What, was, what does he really have here? Yeah, exactly. Like McLean, the the goalkeeper, obviously not coming in, and then Grant Lillard. Like, yeah, he could have subbed off Kapelhoff, who wasn't having. Neither Kapelhoff or Campbell were really having great games, but he could have subbed Grant Lillard on. But for what? And so, you know, what he was left was Bronico, Corrales, and Chani. I'm 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 okay with that. McCarty didn't have a bad game, but you know, get him out of there. Get yeah, Chani some same time. Same. Uh, yeah, Chani. Play to Columbus, so it gives him a chance to go out. Mo Adams, uh, he's he had kind of a rough game here too. Yeah. He hasn't really had a, a great run of form recently after kind of starting to impress a little bit. And you know, Kevin Ellis, same kind of issue. Is he finally he seems to find his form, and then he goes and does this. He he had a shocking game. So, but I, I want to hand it to Velko Panovic. I know his tactics didn't work out this game, but he he was willing to change it up. He he's shown he's a very flexible manager. And he's willing to take risks. He didn't bring Schreinsteiger, gave him a break, put a lot of youngsters in the lineup, and on the bench. Um, you can question him here or there. I don't think Elliot Collier is a playmaker. He plays him as it's more of a reserved forward than a number 10. Um, and he has been getting a lot of time, but, man, his finishing has been off. Yeah, and can I say a little bit off? Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, to the point where now Jossie's artist is no longer the worst finisher in the league. Just, just by virtue of the fact that, first of all, I at the end of the season, somebody needs to put together the Jossie's artist goal tape. The tap-in tape. The tap-in tape must. It's going to be phenomenal. He had another one in this Some, game. Like, awesome, like, hype music. And yeah, it's, it's just tap-in, tap-in, tap-in. To, to his credit, he does have another one, which, which is a fantastic finish. He, he slots it right into the corner. So my credit to his artist and Craig Bohalter, who's clearly turned him into a good player, but... Yeah. Um, one other thing we wanted to talk about too, um, the crew. Well, other than the crew turning a corner, it looks like they may have finally found some sort of rhythm, which is good for them. Yeah. Um, the rumors still around. Obviously, Fernando Torres we already talked about, but you know, Iker Casillas is still kind of looming. Uh, Porto having won the the Portuguese league, that's sort of wrapping up. I believe Porto are in the cup final. I don't remember for sure if Porto are playing in their Portuguese cup final, but that'll be the end of that. I imagine that might open up Casillas for negotiations if that indeed is the route they want to go. Uh, Iniesta's name is still out there. Yeah, he's going to another hemisphere. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Iniesta, but I tell you one thing. Andres Iniesta in a Chicago Fire uniform is something I'd go see in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. They're both big names. They're both people who, if they only watch World Cups or soccer from like five years ago, <laughs> will recognize immediately. But how much? Which one actually probably improves your team the most? And yes, then it's not even close because he it, fills can so you many imagine gaps. instead of Collier? Like three gaps. He fills all of them. Can you imagine Collier instead of uh, Iniesta instead of Collier? Yeah. It's, oh, 
Oh, it would be amazing. It's, so hopefully, I, I mean, listen, I like Coley. Right? He's young. He's shown. <laughs> yeah, some he. We, we might be a little finishes. harsh on him sometimes, but he's gotten unlucky with some of his finishes. Some of them he disguised, which is something he can work on. But Iniesta is just objectively would come in and be one, even if he's not trying. He's so silky smooth. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's not dwell on this any further. The New England Revolution hosted Toronto FC and they won three two. Again, Toronto just. Not good. Again, the revolution better than I think anybody gives them credit for. Well, th- this was just as bad. They're down three two. They're down three nil. So uh, this was uh, this was an absolute domination of Toronto. But decent for, resolve to come back. That's a decent resolve to come back. Uh, the revolution did suffer a blow last week. To Agudelo gets injured. He'll be out a little while. But naturally, T.L. Bunbury is there to pick up the pieces. And uh, the first and second goals, I want to talk about just for Toronto, because these are self-inflicted wounds too. Bradley just makes a horrendous pass. And then on the second goal, Bono tries to dribble like he's Messi out of the box, and then he realizes, oh, wait, I'm not Messi. has the ball taken, and he gets scored on for the second. I mean— It's self-inflicted, and it's probably— Within the span of three minutes, you'd think that, like, okay, we get to a couple minutes, yeah, settle down. Nope. Not give anything away. Yeah. Uh, not good. Not good. New England came in with their game. They got those quick goals. They hit on the break. They were very, very high energy. Listen, talk about losing Agudelo. I think Teal Bunbury is a very underrated player in this league, mostly because he's playing our Jay, Jay Heaps uh, for most of his career. But Christian Pena has been a sensation for this team. He's the one who scores those two goals. And uh, a little bit over overlooked player, I think, in this league. Uh, well, usually when your number gets above 30 or so, people stop paying attention to you. <laughs> you got 9, 10, or, you know, 7 or 11. It's pretty easy to forget. Yeah, uh, the Revolution haven't lost at the Gillette Fortress in seven matches. Foxborough uh, Fortress, I think. Is uh, Foxborough Fortress, that sounds way better. I like alliteration. Yes. Uh, and Giovinco got sent off in this one, so that means he won't play in the next one for putting his hands on another player. The letter of the loss, I, I don't think he had any malintent, but the letter of the loss says you put your hands on another person's face, you got to go. Malintent, well... Let's describe Malintent here. He wasn't punching him. He wasn't trying to hurt him. But he did stick his hand right in the guy's face with this like little angry look on his face. Yeah, he's got to go. He, it's silly from him. It's frustration. Um, I think it's mounting frustration. <laughs> and after scoring, too. Well, that was the thing. Is they, It was the 90th minute. It was like the last minute of stoppage time. And they needed to go quickly. What are you doing stopping and getting in this guy's face? He's just trying to slow you down. Exactly. He got the reaction he wanted out of you. Yep. Real Salt Lake 3, D.C. United 2. Um, what is wrong with this league? There's five red cards this weekend. Uh, Joseph Mora got sent off with a horrible stamp from behind. I, what are you doing? I don't know if you saw it. He just he, Joseph Mora comes up from behind and he just absolutely stamps him. You're not doing your team any favors, especially <laughs> a team that needs every favor it can get. No kidding. Uh, in that regard, Wayne Rooney. Apparently heading into the District of Columbia. Talk about a favor. $15 million. There's been so much. That's a lot of money. What is this, Ezekiel Barco? Listen, the guy's 32. There's so much discussion over whether he's good for this league. It's. I think it's hard to say that Wayne Rooney won't come in and immediately change this D.C. Team. Wayne Rooney, whether it's through play, whether it's through the locker room, whether it's through getting fans. He seats. doesn't strike me as the kind of player that would just mail it in. That's the problem with those players that come over People from think Europe. That, though, which is crazy. Yeah, he's such a hard work. Yeah, it comes with the territory, right? The age, the fact that he's coming for one last payday, so to speak. The fact that he does. Let's face it, his time at Everton hasn't been all that fruitful. But at the same time, he scored ten goals on a bad team. 
playing defensive midfield for a lot of it, too. Yes, so I think he'll be playing in his natural position here because, I mean, who's really going to unseat him? Uh, he'll be he'll be in his element. The team will be his. In some regard, it might be good for him to get a refreshing view of the game. Yeah, and out of England, he'll... Listen. Out of dreary England to dreary District of Columbia. <laughs> the, the thing is, he's still got the quality where if you put the ball in the box at him, you, you expect it to be a goal, right? Yes. He, he's could one time he'll take a touch... He's got that kind of quality. DC doesn't look like it has anyone like that right now. We'll see. Uh, Colorado Rapids won New York Red Bulls 2. The Red Bulls go on the road and continue their hot streak. They've won four of their last five, with the one loss being to the mighty Chicago Fire at home. So, something good going for the Fire there. You had to, you know, pump them up a little bit. Yes, I had to give them something on this podcast. uh, We are in Chicago right now, but going into the Rocky Mountains is never easy. Uh, We've seen a couple teams do it, but and they've been pretty hot at the time, so I think it's fair to say the Red Bulls are probably going to be riding the streak a little bit more here. They've been very strong. Finally, this what was a packed Sunday. Very, very enjoyable, uh, although not so much for us that we spent like the morning hours at the final day of Bears rookie camp, which Long was football. <laughs> no kidding, in a very hot room. Too. If, you've ever, if you've ever not been to Alice Hall before, it is hot in the indoor rooms. Yeah, I mean, that, the field house was like a sauna. Yeah. So anyway, it was the 100th meeting between the Portland Timbers and the Seattle Sounders all time. Portland Timbers grinded out their one nothing result. Uh, they were not as precise the Timbers weren't as they normally are, but I, they finally connect thanks to Sebastian Blanco's goal in the 86th minute. They've now won four in a row, and they've had a pretty good run in the game against Orlando City, too, that they lost before the winning streak. So, I mean, they seem to have found themselves, and their defense, too. That's, That's their the clean sheets. Them, yeah. And they've kind of been going, up, going about it quietly, too. Yeah. I think the Red Bulls, other than the NYCFC game, have been pretty quiet about their streak. Orlando's been the one that's been the, the big talk, <laughs> right? The talk of the town. Talk of the of the, the broom closet. Uh, so <laughs> Portland deserves some credit. I mean, four wins in a row is no easy, trivial matter. Uh, Seattle hasn't been great, but they did beat Toronto. I feel like whenever we talk about Toronto or beating them, is it like is it ever really a big accomplishment the way they're playing right now? Going into that game, I thought it was huge for Seattle. But and they played. They they went there for the draw, and it was evident the way they played. They played for the draw, and I I just I I don't know if they had other options. I guess that's the nicest way to put it. Uh, Brian Schmelzer just Schmetzer just he didn't. I don't think he had options. He, he's just so his team is so one dimensional now that he literally had to play a five four one where he just kind of sat in and said, "All right, let's." Let's get a cro- couple crosses in from the wings. Yeah, let's see if we can't get something on the counter. And uh, just didn't work out for them. They were defending well, but then, you know, injury on their back line kind of forced them shifting around, and that's when Timbers finally broke through. So the Sounders, tell you what, maybe they could use Fernando Torres. Their attack is toothless. They had five shots the whole game. They never look like scoring. Every time it looks like they found something, it just immediately regresses. So Yeah, they're, yeah. they're still a late late half team from history we'll see if yeah but i don't know how much longer they're gonna be able to, they might be the sleeper that never wakes up same with toronto but they seem to be in the market for a player i'm sure they'll be looking for a forward so i don't know if they they can't be big spenders anymore so it might have to be like uh maybe they'll bring open femi martins back <laughs> they probably need them but i mean could sure use them doing some small ball and good signs look at dallas yeah uh, Orlando City, they hosted Atlanta United in that big, uh, the I guess the biggest soccer rivalry in the South. The only one. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, 
the Atlanta United do go in there and win 2-1. Uh, their big winning streak, Orlando's, comes to an end as they're unable to defend against Atlanta. Uh, Greg Garza goes down really easily in th- for the penalty on the first that led to the first goal nine minutes in. Uh, he does get grabbed by the shoulder. I'm not saying it's not a penalty, but he goes down really easily. He, gets, he basically feels the tap on the shoulder, and he immediately like goes skydiving into the ground. He, he does what you're supposed to do, and I hate to say it, like, but Higuita, who I think had his, his worst game, yeah, Higuita was not great. He just sticks his arm across him. Garza knows he's moving forward to the ball. He's going in that direction. He just knows if he moves forward, his arm will be on him. He doesn't have to put any effort into standing up. Higuita's arm will put some, will pull him back just a little bit. It, you, you can't do that. That's basically what it is for Higuita there. I, you could say it's soft, but for me, it's a penalty. Yeah, it's a penalty. It's absolutely it, it, a penalty. Yeah. So, uh, and then the second goal, Barco. Uh, he might be heating up. That's a dangerous slot for every other team because he was starting to look really dangerous. With the, and then it's, it's a class finish too by Barco. So outside of the foot, under the crossbar, right takes it from Almiron. I'm gonna say takes it from Almiron because he was in a better position for it. But Almiron is bursting into the box, and Barco has that confidence just to smash it. Uh, yeah. So it's, it is a scary thought. Yeah, um, I, you and I talked about it just briefly uh, when the game was going on. Orlando basically came into the game thinking they were going to go toe-to-toe with Atlanta offensively and uh, didn't work out for them. Uh, I think the idea the was half. to take the game to them. To take the game to them. Like and Chicago did. Like Chicago did, like Houston did, and try to get the early goal. Yeah. But as Chicago and now Orlando have figured out, if you don't get them early – they are going to get you later. Sooner, Eventually, they are going to get you, and you cannot let them play as open as they did because that game was back and forth and back and forth. Exciting. It's exciting, but at some point, Atlanta is going to take advantage. I, yeah, Orlando, they, they looked like they could have had one. Are we going to talk about Will Johnson at the end? Will Johnson at the end. That he dives. Yeah. And then it's near the box. It probably was going to be a penalty if it was called. And he gets up and goes absolutely bananas yelling at the ref. It, like, like you would have thought, like, he was about to murder someone. Dane's bulging. Uh, and then, of course, shortly after, down came the garbage. <laughs> and uh, the Lando fans, too. <laughs> they, that thing needs to not happen. Stop yeah, throwing trash at people, guys. Look. Come on. I mean, uh, I thought the funniest part about that, I don't want to say it was funny, but that uh, Orlando City workers went onto the field to clean it up. And uh, the, the Atlanta goalkeeper, Can, was waiting to take the kick for it to get cleaned up. But they were afraid of going on the field, so they would just stick their leg out and just sweep the cans off to the sideline. <laughs> like, they would be like reaching and reaching and not being able to get to it. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty great. Uh, the goalkeepers' union might get mad at me for this one, but I think Alec Khan should do better with Will Johnson's shot for the only Orlando goal. Yeah. He just kind of punches it away, and no regard where it's going. Um, I think he should do better. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. The shot's Adam, so it's not like one where he has to dive to it and you have less control. So he's upright. He doesn't even make an effort to catch it. He, he decides right away this is a punch. Uh, but he punches into the middle. It looks like he doesn't... It he punches split. it to his right. It's not straight up the middle. Yeah. But if it's it's in the D at the top of the 18. It's inside that mark, which is... That's kind of like the danger zone. So <laughs> Is that what D stands for? God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> but he's supposed... But like, you got what I mean. He's supposed to be punching it wide. Yeah. He just... It's wet, so I can see why that didn't happen. Which I see why he punched it as well. In my mind, if you're a goalkeeper, your first catch is always catch. Your first thought. Did I say first catch? Yeah, well, I was just going to let it go. You're a goalkeeper. <laughs> Maybe it's goalkeeper speak. Uh, you always want to catch it. And when you can't, you tap it down and you pick it up. 
he yeah. was probably a little un- had no confidence given that he's been playing much, coming off of injury. Um, he could have had a little bit of help. <laughs> I'm going to use my goalkeeper's union card here and say the defender just watches it. He oh. doesn't crash the net, and Merrim skips right past him. I think both could do better. Yeah, I agree on that. Finally, the big spenders game between coast to coast. It's LAFC 2 and NYCFC 2. This is a barn burner. Both teams just going back and forth with each other. Uh, Latif blessing. With I mean, if Breck Shea hadn't had his shocker on Friday, this was the miss of... Ugh. What's the? I mean, the ball's coming in on a cross, yeah. and he's got the whole goal in front of him, and he somehow puts it wide on the far side, too. Yeah, it was, He tries to make it kind of acrobatic in a way. It was bad. He kind of, like, goes sideways for it. This week was uh, as weird. As well as he was playing, too. Yeah. You would have thought that would have been, like, kind of the cherry on top. Yeah, weird week. Bad misses, a lot of red cards. Uh, Tyler Miller, our Northwestern man. Can we say friend? Friend of Is the show, Tyler Miller. Unlucky. He saves Villa's penalty. Only have David Villa do only something only David Villa could do is to get a diving header on the rebound and score that. I He's unlucky. Was furious because <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in college when I played, oh um, boy, in practice there was this one time where I saved a penalty. Someone came in and tapped it in, and I went nuts at the defense, absolutely ballistic. And they're like, "Yeah, you're right." Um, and then in the game when I saved one, the defense was right there immediately to clear it up. I know this is a little different because David Villa is right there, and it's right at him, and he's the one taking the penalty. But when you're the goalkeeper, I know you can say, oh, push it wide, yada, yada, yada. But you, your goalkeeper is always going to be furious at the defender. Do something. Don't <laughs> give him the open goal. Um, speaking of defenders, it looks like Bob Bradley elected to play both Betashore and Gabert as the fullbacks, and Betashore ended up on the left, which I thought was an interesting move. Makes sense. He's kind of sound with both feet. He's a good defensive player, so you don't have to worry about him as much, regardless of what side he's on. I think it's safe to say that Moutinho has lost his place, and Bradley perhaps wants to get Galbert on the field without sacrificing the space up front. I think it's his preferred position, too, so I guess that's what they want. And he's looked pretty good to me, I thought. He's had his moments of shakiness, but he's new to the league, so I, I think he's been a good... But an upgrade to Moutinho. Yeah, and Tyler Miller had an unfortunate night at the office because he also has another big save in the 75th minute, only to get it saved by Tayori Shradi. Oh, that one. That was rough. Poor Tyler Miller. He, he gets the ball, the deflection, he somehow smacks it out, but then the, the rebound goes to an NYC player and it goes in. That one, I, you can't blame him at all for. He, he, I mean, I can. I would just choose not you to. You will not. <laughs> he puts a great effort Yeah, yeah. Him, and... It just happened. There was no one there. Happens to Jory Strade is in a great place and puts it in. I mean, he put his body on the line. He gets crashed by the post. So that's two things in your mind at once. You're going to hit the post. You have to make the save. <laughs> and you have to think about the guy being there. I, I do give goalies that credit. I don't know how I would handle the posts if, like, they had random posts in the middle of the field everywhere. The key is to not dive and then just kind of shriek a little bit when you're near it. And <laughs> stick your arm out. Kind of like the Giovinco goal in the yeah. Champions League. In the <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for. The recapping coverage. Let's look forward to next week a little bit. The game of the week for me is on Fox. It's going to be a doubleheader, the FA Cup final, and then it will be immediately followed by the Portland Timbers taking on LAFC. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on the, like I said, on Big Fox. That's where my money is because that's going to be a fun game. Teams that have not lost uh, a lot recently, and the Portland Timbers... I, I want to see how they compete against one of those top teams now, LAFC. Yeah, I'm um, with you. I think it's a good game. Uh, this, 
I know it's, it, I don't want to seem like it's disappointing after last weekend, but not as many good games. Uh, Atlanta, New York, going to be a tough, going to be a good game. I am highly amused by the fire being on national TV on Sunday, by the way, on Unimas. Unimas. Oh, by the way, I will be there. Oh, um, the game. sorry. So I won't be able to watch and tweet at uh, Nico Cantor, <laughs> Ramsey Sandoval, who, uh, Nico Cantor. I did see Nico Cantor responded to you, so congratulations yeah, on that. I'm almost famous. Almost. Make sure to check out our other podcast if you want to listen to our European thoughts. We did have a uh, half show, but that's it for this one. Uh, that's all the time we have here in the American Soccer Show. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our MLS segment. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher for all your American soccer talk. Until next week, I'm Emmett McConnell alongside Eric Alcantor signing off. <laughs>